This is Gigi no Ri, kind of. It's Daniel again. Normally I'm the DM, although in the current, uh, what do we call it? It's not a season. We'll say stretch. In the current stretch of the podcast, Asa is being our DM, and we're running through the new D&D Essentials kit for 5e that just got released. But until next week, when we do the next part of that episode series, I'm going to talk about something that's completely dumb and that you probably shouldn't do and you probably should have no interest in and you probably shouldn't do it but maybe you should do it maybe it's the best thing ever and we just no one has realized it until this moment and you're now witnessing and being a part of really history itself it all i should note if you're listening to this on the podcast it's probably a good idea to jump into the youtube video and see this because I'm recording this kind of in a live stream fashion where I've, I'm broadcasting my screen where I've got GIMP up, which is off-brand Photoshop. And I'm showing what I'm doing and I'll be talking about it. So you can see my mouse pointer moving around. I'll put up the final image on the show notes page as well, which should be ggnewrecast.com slash 167. And you can see that there. But if you want to see me talking you through it, then hop on the YouTube video. And if you want to download the, the picture, again, and if you're on the YouTube video, just follow the show notes in the YouTube video, and that'll take you to the, the blog post page. Right. So let's get on this. And for my Curland campaign, and I think you can listen to at least one or two episodes about Curland on our stream, I had a hex map that I generated for overland travel and overland play. However, it didn't have any kind of pathing information on it beyond rivers and roads and as you will see if you read my earlier stuff I, I don't remember if it's on the Gino Reef feed or if it's just on Detect Magic which is my personal blog detectmagic.wordpress.com there's a post called hex crawls are cancelled and it explains a little controversially why I don't like hex crawls and why I think that the traditional method of doing them is bad, wrong, fun. My, my main problem is I don't like that if you're a player in a hex crawl game, you're deciding where to go based on non-naturalistic factors. You're deciding where to go based on hexes, which your character, of course, would not be using. So how can we make that more realistic? I previously posted about path crawls. I know you can find episodes about that on our stream and also on Detect Magic. Path crawls are good, but they're mostly, or at least as I've used them, mostly for more local areas. They're kind of overland dungeons where you've got usually trails through forests, that kind of thing, where you have virtual walls where there are trees, and you see what I'm saying. But how do we make naturalistic pathing available at large-scale overland travel where we'd normally just use hexes? So that's what I was trying to solve with this particular map that I already had, and I'd already generated it. The problem is that as I was researching this, because I don't go outside, I like to live inside, I'm a civilized man. However, I thought, how do you tell where you're going when you're outside? Like, if you ever made the mistake of going out your door in the first place, how would you make sure you get to another door without being eaten by ogres or trolls in the meantime? Well, as it turns out, if you don't have a river or a road, which are the most natural paths, actually, well, half of them are natural anyway. Your next best bet is a mountain. And actually, mountains are far more important because 
they also, or just hills in general, large elevations, because those are also the sources of rivers, which cut channels that may be active and wet, oh, moist channels, or they may be dried out by now and have left ravines, gorges, what are the other ones, gullies, defiles, all those sort of things. And these are also paths by which you can navigate in the wilderness. So you get your high paths, we've got mountains, and they create through waterfall accumulation, rivers, gullies, rills, streams, all that sort of thing. So I didn't have any of that information on here. I had no elevation information. However, I did have, as you'll see here, and now I'm pointing with my mouse, I did have height. No, I did have, had river information. So I knew I could get at what I needed to get at through that way. So let me actually point. Here we go. So I knew I had rivers here. And is that the only one? No, here's one over here as well. But I knew I didn't have to concern myself with this westernmost river because the players weren't going to bother going there. I hadn't prepped anything over there. And they had plenty to do, as you can see, by uh, what I've written on here already. They had plenty to do already over to the east. So this is their hometown, Bethwich. And this was all generated, by the way, by Asgard's fantasy map generator. You can Google it. I'll probably put it in the show notes. And it will generate everything you see here except for the notations and the contour lines that I've put on there. And that's really what this episode is about, is about if you become unhinged and you decide to put elevation contour lines on your map, this is how you can do it. So I had my starting town, I had my adventure sites that I had numbered, but I had not connected them. So as you can see in pencil here, I've drawn uh, a dashed path, which indicates an old road. And there are no rivers going through the middle of it. The only river here you can see it starts here, and then if you were to zoom out on this map, you would see where these, river where these rivers end. They all go toward the coast. So I know that they're ending at the coast, right? So they have to start somewhere else, more in the middle of the, the land mass. So I did some wikipedia and I found out, and probably everyone else knows this except me, but of course, rivers start at the tops of mountains. So I knew that where my mouth of the river was, or the source of the river, I should say, that is where I'm going to have elevation. So I knew I could just, as a heuristic, as a rule of thumb, say that where the river starts is going to be the highest place. So before, I did not know where my mountains were. I didn't even think about it because they weren't on the hex map. They weren't keyed as mountainous terrain. So I didn't have any idea about it. Instead, now I know that here, up here at the top in the north, here in about the middle of the map, and uh, over here is going to be high up in terrain. So that means I've got a mountain. Now, how high do I want to make these mountains? I looked at how high the Appalachian Mountains are and just extrapolated a bit. I don't think I made them as high exactly as the highest peak in the Appalachians, but I made them probably about middling compared to, comparatively. And I use my generator that I will link to in the show notes that tells you for a certain height above sea level or ground level, how many hexes can the party see? So that works in reverse as well. So I know if I've got a, like a thousand foot mountain peak up here, I can calculate how many six mile hexes or however many hexes or how many, however many miles your hexes are, how many hexes away this landform can be seen since it's elevated. So you can see here, I've got, the way I did this is I took the area around the river 
and then I drew a contour line to indicate where the highest elevation would be. So, you know, we can quibble with how I did it, but in general, that's the way these things are made. This is my first time making it, and I was just making it up. Okay, so give me some slack. So I know that every everything on the interior of this topmost or innermost contour line is going to be a thousand feet, I think it was, or six hexes visible away. And then below that uh, is four hexes, and then below that's two hexes, below that's one hex. The gradations are arbitrary. You just understand that the more difference there is between the highest one and the lowest, and the, the next one is indicative of how steep the gradation is between them. And so if you are needed to make a judgment call in the in-between area, that could help you out. I, In retrospect, I should have labeled these not in the center as I did. I've got the six hex indicator in the north here. I put it in the middle of the contour mapped area, but I should have put it on the contour line itself because that's what actual topographical maps do. Lessons learned for next time. But I know if I, I trace from right here, this is this uh, highlighted yellow line. If I trace from here in the north on the edge of the six hex visible area, I can go six hexes out and I can see, okay, from this boundary here, the player characters are going to be able to see that there is a mountain here. And as they get closer, they can see the foothills. And that's just a smaller line drawn out from the four and two hex visible uh, areas. So it's uh, it works. It, it totally works. Once you have started with a starting position, you do have to take a second and draw out the sight lines. You have to look for elevated areas nearby uh, with a quick scan. So here I can see, here's my biggest mountain nearby. And I've got another big one here by, uh, nearby, up in the north. So we've got north and then about in the center. And I just, you just need to trace and see how far away, when does this landform become visible over the horizon. And so for this one in the center, if you trace from the edge of the contour line, of the highest contour line, and you go six hexes thereabouts, yeah, you can see it from Bethwich. And if you were to get on the high part of Bethwich here, because you can see there's a contour line that cuts through the middle of the city, you could definitely see it because this high contour line gives you uh, two hex elevation. So that's, I think it's like a hundred feet, something like that, which if you climbed a really tall tree, you could get the same thing. So this also helps you if you are trying to navigate in the classic Lord of the Rings way, where they're in uh, Misty, well, what, what forest is it? It's Fangorn? No, it's not Fangorn. Uh, it's the, the one with the spiders in it, that one. They keep climbing up in trees to see if they can see any difference in the terrain and they can't because it just goes on almost forever. So you can replicate that in your game. Uh, it may be that even if they climb up to get two hexes above where they are, so to speak, they still can't see far enough away to see any elevations or to see any relevant changes into the terrain. So you can see here that uh, I drew sight lines from the top of the middle mountain area down to see just where they extended to. And so as the characters proceeded, they would navigate based on the options you gave them. So you would treat each peak as a sort of point on a point crawl, although it's not a point crawl. And then you would treat the natural paths as well. So you can say from Bethwich, you can see there's a hill up to your south. And, you can, and in fact, there's an upper part of the city. There must be since, since the contour line cuts through the city. There's an upper part of the city that you can go up to. Uh, and they can see there's a valley in between here that's naturally formed. And in fact, that's the way they went 
on their journey. Oops, let me control Z that. And they encountered a troll lair here in this ravine. And I retroactively constructed this ravine because I knew that it had to be there because it was randomly determined during the game. So I had to create, to make a ravine, you have to make two sides on either side. So here we go. We've got an elevated portion here and an elevated portion here that leads down into a troll lair. And otherwise, other than those two paths, we've got elevation, we've got this mountain in the distance they can see, uh, they've got the road, everything else is just featureless forest. And to get through there without getting lost would be difficult, unless they were to keep on climbing up trees and seeing how far they could see out. But as you can see that if they, they moved northeast, say, now, we can get into how orienteering would work, but that's beyond the scope of this episode. Like if they can tell where north is, even if they don't have a compass or something like that. In general, I would say that if your characters are used to traveling in medieval times, they can probably reliably tell which way north is, both at night and during the day. I did some research, and it's probably not too difficult to do that. I think one-sixth the chance of getting lost, which I think is what it is in BX, is not too unreasonable. If anything, that's a little strict or a little harsh, but uh, it's a decent guideline, as we would expect. But if they were to go northeast here to this hex, immediately to the northeast of Bethwich, uh, you can see up to the north, there's really not any way to guide them, and they would just be wandering blindly through the forest. And that could be interesting or could not be. I think the players responding to incentives would say, ah, I don't really want to mess with that. That's just going to be a bunch of trouble which is what their characters would think as well. So that's good. I think that they would think it's too much of a hassle to engage with that game system because that's exactly the kind of thing that their characters would think. So I don't know that we want to ease that pressure. I think we want to let that remain there so that the incentives between the player and the character are aligned and their feelings are aligned as well. But as they go out on the road, they can see more and more of the mountain. And if they were to go north, uh, make it through the forest, climb up a tree. Oh, they can see there's a mountain up here. And then they could follow the stream down from it. Uh, as you can see, there are some some keyed areas here. Uh, a stone, I don't want to go into more about what that means. They can follow that all the way up via the road. And then once they get up here, they can probably see these other landforms down below them. Because since they're so high up, it's easy to see all these keyed areas that are down below them. Like, they can see into the marshes and probably see this castle down here. I don't see any reason why they couldn't, as long as can, the weather conditions, like if it were clear. So you need to make sure you have a weather system that correlates with this, or at least randomly determine it whenever it becomes relevant. Uh, but putting some contour line, elevation lines in your game, maybe it enables some cool things in play that you wouldn't necessarily think about otherwise, like that this castle down here in the marshes may be hidden if they didn't take this path down to it until they got up on the mountain and could see down, take the, take the Assassin's Creed journey up to the tower and look down and press Y, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know that I will do this exact method again because it's a pain. And also going forward when I generate my maps, I'm gonna make sure that mountains are on them already because they're so important. And then on the mountain peak, on the icon that's generated on your map or that you create from scratch, just put how many hexes away that peak can be seen. And then you can assume that, unless the mountain has a weird shape to it, that if they can see the peak, they know the mountain. That's the first thing they'll see. So you don't have to worry about how far away can they see the foothills or whatever. Uh, you can just 
do some approximate math and figure out when the foothills become visible, if that's even important, because what's important for navigation purposes is the peak. And if you want to put multiple peaks in your mountain range, there you go. You can do that as well. But the peaks act as waypoints that they can use to navigate, just as they would in real life. And maybe we'll get to see this in actual play and see how it works. I might do some testing. Uh, if you've had some experience with this, write in and tell us about it. You can always tweet at us at ggnorecast, or you can go to the contact form on our website, which is ggnorecast.com. Always check us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash ggnore. And then you can get on our Discord and chat at us directly, where we have a contractual obligation to be your friend. And with that, look forward to our next episode, where we will be continuing the Essentials Kit under Ace's sturdy guiding hand. And he's done some prep this week that I think will be... He'll have some tips for you, if you're going to try to run it yourself, about how to maximize your prep time to make sure you're confident when you're running it for the noobs. And with that, I bid you GG no re.